Hey guys, Jared Cowan here, and we are being interviewed today by a junior at Wahala High School named Mark Beatrice for his entrepreneurship class. So this is really exciting. We get 10 questions, you get 20 answers, one from me and one from Kyle. So stay tuned. Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Good day, everybody. Jared here. Kyle Voss, welcome to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Got a little something different for you today. It's a, it's a lot different. A lot different. It's really cool. And uh, when we got presented this opportunity, we certainly didn't back down from it. We love to talk entrepreneurship here. And in this case, we have a junior in high school taking an entrepreneurship class. That's a hard word to say. Yeah. It's even Put harder the two to together. Spell. Yeah. At Wahala High School, Mark Beatrice. Hello, Thank Mark. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So Mark has been tasked to interview entrepreneurs for a class project. And when I got the initial text from Mark, I'm thinking, oh gosh. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I reached out to Kyle and I said, let's just make an episode out of this and let's hand the podcast to Mr. Mark Beatrice. And we think, we think this might work. So yeah. the class assignment is to ask 10 questions. Um, so he'll ask a question. I'll field an answer. Kyle will field an answer to the same question. If it leads into some more conversation from Mark and his learning, then we'll get into that too. We'll go with it. So one of the things Jared and I have started to try to do is be more involved in the community. Obviously, this is one of those things. What is the, what is the DECA thing we're doing too, right? Are um, you entering the DECA competition? Yeah, I'm Mark, doing DECA. Can you tell us a little bit about what the DECA competition is? Yeah, so essentially what DECA is is it's a competition between students where we all try to learn a certain niche in the business space. So it could be hospitality or business management or entrepreneurship, which is the one that I'm doing. And what we do is we take um, two different kinds of tests. One of them is a written test and the other one is a role play. The role play is more interesting, but the written test essentially, it just asks you like a hundred questions and I believe you have 90 minutes or something like that. And they're all entrepreneurship based. And then the role play is whenever you're actually given a problem inside of your business that you have to fix and find out exactly what you're going to do. And you have 10 minutes to prepare and then you go in front of a judge and then you pitch that fix of the problem to those judges. Exactly. So we have been asked to judge, be judges at this next competition. Yeah. So we're excited to be a part of that and uh, part of the high school we're both uh, from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what we're trying to do with this. You know, obviously, we try to reach as many people as we can through the airwaves. But, you know, sometimes you got to just get in get in your community, too, and do things. So. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, without further ado, if you're ready, Mark, this is your podcast, my friend. All right. So, I just want to start off by saying I think it's so funny that you guys are doing the DECA judging because I was so nervous. I'm like, when I'm going to do the DECA judging, it's going to be so nerve-wracking. Or whenever I have to do the role yeah. play, it's going to be nerve-wracking. And then I had this opportunity and I said, well, hold up. I'm going to be on a podcast with two entrepreneurs. Like, I'm super nervous for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. DECA can't be anything. That's right. <laughs> DECA is going to be a piece yeah. of cake. Yeah. And then you guys are going to be the judges. It's, yeah, I, I think there's I, 12, like 15 judges. Yeah, okay. so we'll be. We'll just be a small part of that. Small part of that, yep. Don't tell them well, you know me. I won't. No, another, thing <laughs> that was, another thing that was crazy, too, is when, when he got here and we kind of introduced ourselves or whatever, he didn't know he was doing a podcast today. No. We kind of, we kind of. Pushed it on him at the last second. He goes, yeah, I listened to it. We're like, what? Yeah, he's like, I checked it out. I was listening to it. So right before we got on, 
talking about uh, Rob Pitt's episode. Yeah, so he went Rob way back. Cause he did. That was episode seven. We're like 50 in the books now, I think. It's crazy. All right, Mark, take it away. All right. So I'm supposed to interview you guys. And the first question is, what exactly is it that you guys do? Kyle? That's. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's funny because me and Jared, we don't, we don't really know. I guess um, obviously we have our hands in a bunch of stuff. I mean, me and him are always starting something new. Some things we, you know, we're one of those. We're juggling eight balls, and we drop two occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, as we're juggling, and we keep the other ones up. Uh, I guess my main gig would be uh, YouTube. So I make YouTube content. Uh, make a living doing that, uh, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all all of the stuff. Most people that listen to this kind of know that already. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be my main entrepreneurial side hustle, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, it's not really limited to just one thing. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just one thing. But if you're wired that way, then one thing becomes multiple things and then you get wired to understand the process. Yeah. So as I went down the list of everything I kind of ha- do currently, I just picked the real estate piece, uh, the real estate piece mainly here in Wahala. So I buy old buildings and make cool places. So we purchase real estate um, at a number and then we rehab the entire property. And then sometimes we start businesses inside the real estate sell the business just to retain the rent roll. What we found out was everybody wants their own business, just not a lot of people have the opportunity or the want to to, yeah. to do all the nasty ripping insulation out and rewiring and replumbing. But it's all about the rent roll for this particular company that, that I'll focus on Yeah, the, equ- the equity in the building. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that want to start a business, but they want to see something. They feel like if it's already running – and working, there's less chance of failure versus starting something from scratch. We, we just take out the, we not take out, we include the proof of concept. So yeah. we'll take all the risk on the front end and it makes the next person in line, oh, the company can do this much a month. Here's what you want to sell the company for, buy the, buy the company for, and here's yeah. what your rent's going to be. And usually they can put the math together and figure out if it's successful. They can, they can see customers walking in and out the door already, like, you know. So you make and sell businesses? Uh <laughs> Have he, he yeah many times mainly the real estate is what he's after and it makes it easy to rent the building when there's a business you can sell to somebody. Are you familiar with Sim City? Yeah, so yes, it's like a computer game where you mm-hmm. get to on your screen and you get to pick businesses in a town. We get to play Sim City for real. So like that's the easiest and most accurate way to describe it. If if I thought the town needed a a um, outdoor store, then it's easy for me to envision that put the outdoor store in. And we don't do performers like we're not so um, structured as a banker would want. We don't do we we take the all the blue sky risk up front, and we just know it'll work. Kind of like uh, if you build it, they will come, sort of thing. Yeah. What's your favorite business that you've built? Me? Oh man. Five four. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's listen. The YouTube thing's been really good to me. Um, you know, I've been able, I built a, an apparel company that goes along with that. So, you know, the, the key to really any business is eyeballs. Once you have the eyeballs and you can kind of diversify in multiple avenues. Um, so I built a pretty successful uh, apparel company that's kind of attached to the YouTube thing. So that was a blessing as well. Uh, so I would say that's probably my most successful 
business. Um, Was the question favorite? Yeah, favorite. Yeah. I mean, my favorite is the real estate game. So I dabble in a little real estate myself. I kind of, that's where I want to move over time is, you know, not necessarily do what this guy does, but my own version of it. And so I think that's what my favorite is. I don't know that I have a favorite business I've started, but if we talk about buying multiple pieces of real estate, my favorite process would be taking a picture of it the day I buy it, taking a picture of it done. Yeah. And then just kind of looking at the two going, wow, wow, what yeah. an impact that is. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's probably not not so much a favorite business, but a Your favorite, favorite thing about doing what we do. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of inspired you guys to get into that, you YouTube and you real estate? Uh, for me, YouTube was an accident, total accident. <laughs> um, you know, but I've always kind of been doing stuff. You know, I've always been very much like you, you know, looking into the, the you know, the website stuff and the, the e-commerce and, you know, you name it. I've kind of dabbled in all of it. You know, back when I was your age, e-commerce wasn't really a thing, but you could make money placing uh, Google ads. And so I was building websites and putting Google ads on there and trying to make some money doing that and um, just trying to get traffic really was all I was after and ended up kind of accidentally stumbling into YouTube and seeing that it was a better, better business model than what I was working on. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. I'm going to go this route then. I think what inspired me would be I knew that I was never going to punch a clock another day in my life and make somebody else money. Yeah. That was the inspiration. Of, so you're like, I got to figure something out. That's right. And it, it's, it's, it literally became an adapt-or-die model because I uh, didn't have anything going on, and it was like the opportunity presented itself, and I've never done anything like that before, but it fit my requirements. Yeah. I don't work for somebody else. We retain all the equity. We retain all the cash flow. And the inspiration would be, I don't work for anybody. Yeah, I get to do my own thing. Well, you get to be creative, too. You know, that's one of the things that me and Jared love to do is that's right. be creative. You know, I think if you if you were to ask us what drives us, uh, money would probably be several things down the list. I think being, crea- being, cre- yeah, being creative is, is one of the things that me and him have to do. Um, which is a plus and a minus. The bad thing about it is once we create something and it's kind of going and ready and we kind of get stagnant, we are looking for the next thing. Like we're not, it's not that we're not happy with what we got. Mm-hmm. We just want to create. We want the next thing. We want to create something new. So I think being creative is one. We also, we like, you know, if you, if you think about, we like to play the game. We kind of talked about this earlier. And so when you can play the game of, the numbers game and, and manipulating this and manipulating that and borrowing from here and doing, you know, there is a whole game in, in, especially in the real estate side, that's really interesting when you start digging into it. And I think that's part of it too, is the gaming, the gamification of business, mm-hmm. you know, and then hopefully the money comes. Right. I love that. And um, so how long was it into the entrepreneurship process until you guys were finally you know, you could make a living off of you were profitable. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was, it was, I don't know if, I don't know if make a living necessarily, but I was instantly profitable. I mean, the kind of business I was in, there was no overhead really. 
you know, you make some videos and that's a perfect business. No, was, no employees. Yeah. And it kind of, the thing that's crazy is it kind of spoiled me a lot. Um, because it's hard to replicate that. Now the disadvantage to it is I'm at the mercy of somebody else. You know, YouTube tomorrow could be like, yeah, we're not really digging your content anymore. Bloop. We're not going to push you no more. And then there goes my following. There goes, you know, any kind of revenue stream or whatever. Um, but because there was no overhead in it, it was like instantly, uh, you know, maybe it wasn't that much in the beginning, but it was definitely in the black. Like I wouldn't spend anything to make that money. So, yeah, for for me, it was uh, never. I just wasn't paying attention. Like I knew it. It took a long time to purchase a building and gut a building and then get it cash flowing. But I never. I think Tony Shea that founded Zappos said, "Never chase the money, chase the vision." the money will follow. And so I really don't know if I've got a clock on when we became profitable, but I would dare to say it was, you know, 18, 18 to 20 months. Yeah. You know, it, it took a lot of capital up front and then it's just kind of like, hope this works. <laughs> and you're just crossing your fingers and it worked. So yeah. we really lucked out that way. But, you know, I love that line of ch- uh, don't chase the money, chase the vision. Yeah. Did you ever, did you pull equity out early? Or do you just kind of just took the rent roll and this was like, I'll just repay myself over time? No, I mean, yes. No to pull an equity out because there was no equity pull out, right? So we purchased a building and we put liquid into it. There was no, no no bank was going to lend on a building in Wahala in 2015 because Wahala was just, you, you were picking up real estate. Cheap yeah, I was going to say, I wasn't going to throw out any numbers, but I was like, I know you didn't pay that much for it. No, not at and all. You, and you really did revise the whole building. That's right. You technically could have went back to the bank and been like, hey, this thing's worth. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So, and so now that is the model. So now that the building's up and going, we don't have any debt on our property. And so it's instead of, you have two choices at that point. You can sell the real estate, pay taxes and get what's left to invest in another business. But then you don't have the real estate. Or you can go to the bank and say, I've got a building worth X. I'd like to borrow against it for X, and they'll give you the money. And then you still have the building, and you still have the cash flow every month. And you don't pay any taxes. And you don't pay any taxes on debt. So you take that money, you move it right over to another business. That's right. That's like the Robert Kiyosaki method, right? Yeah, that is that is the method for every real estate guy in the world. I mean, Ro- Robert's Robert certainly talks yeah. that game a lot. Did he come up with that? No, but he certainly uses the crap out of that. Yeah, like that is his model. Yeah, right? any, anybody that's done really well in real estate, they've probably done that multiple times over their mm-hmm. over their career. You know, they buy a building, they kind of rehab it a little bit. They pull out some equity. Potentially, if they do it right, they pull out everything they put into it. So they have the basically have the building free and clear at that point. Yeah, or more. Or more, right. They're rent, it's rent rolling, so they're getting a payment every month. And that person that's renting the building is also paying the note on that building. That's right. And then you just wait 10 years. The building's going to go up. Rents are going to go up. All the stuff's going to go up. You're going to have more equity in it. You go back to the bank and you say, hey, I want to pull out some more money. And so you just... It's, it almost, it's almost like a little bank account that just kind of pays you every month, and then every 10 years you get one big payment. Rinse, wash, repeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so all the big guys, the ones that have done it successfully, that's what they do. They just got, you know, 5,000 doors, mm-hmm. and they're just, that's where they make their money. It's not on the, the buy and sell. It's, it's the equity. It's the equity and the, and the rent roll. 
Brian, can you guys kind of talk about some of the obstacles you guys face along the way, you with YouTube and you with real estate? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, YouTube for me, uh, it was one of those things where all my friends looked at me a little cross-eyed. You know, they were like, what is he doing? Because it was early, too. This is 2010, 11, 12. None of us know what YouTube was before you were in there it. Was, at, the, <laughs> at the time, there was no such thing as a YouTuber. Right, nobody, that's right. Nobody went to YouTube to watch people with it, like a show. Mm-hmm. You know, you went on there to see like grandbaby videos or cat videos or something like there was no, the term YouTuber didn't exist. Channels didn't make content for weekly viewers. It just how it wasn't how it was all randomness. Um, and so when I started making these little, you know, these little crappy videos in my garage, you know, my friends would kind of be like, they wouldn't say anything, but they'd, you know, they'd just be like, what are you doing? You know? So, I mean, I guess that's an obstacle. The way I look at it is like, I do me no matter what. Um, you know, some stuff don't work. It don't matter if it works or not. You got to try on a lot of these things. And you can't, if you believe in it, you almost have to not take anything from friends, family, because, you know, they're going to, they're going to potentially, they could kill your dreams before they even start. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, when I think about obstacles for what we were doing at that time, not that nobody was doing it, but I certainly hadn't done that. So experience, the lack of experience was my number one hurdle. Yeah. And I'm going to say you pay to play, you pay to learn is what you do. And we made costly mistakes in the beginning. And without just doing it, you don't know if it's going to work or not. But the lack of experience, 100%, my biggest hurdle. Yeah. Don't you think that you had some of that where people were like, what are you doing buying that building? Like, that thing's a piece of junk. Dude, I still have that. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah, but they know. They know. Like, before you proved yourself, though, they had to be like, what are you doing, dude? You're going to lose your tail in that. No, that's right. And, I mean, knock on wood, we have been very, very successful. Yeah. But uh, there, we have been, we have made costly mistakes due to lack of experience. We didn't do enough, not market research. Um, it wouldn't have mattered if if the surrounding areas were booming or not. I knew I wanted to give back to Wahala. I knew I wanted to make money here. I knew I wanted to fill a void in the community and try to revitalize Main Street a little bit. But uh, there were some expensive mistakes yeah. that we've learned from. Uh, and you could go to college. And you still spend all that money. And then your first entrepreneurship project, you're going to go, well, they didn't teach me real life skills. Yeah. Because I think, I think public education <laughs> has a hard time understanding some of the basic needs for people that are wired like you, Mark, and us. Yeah. Which, which you're going to find, especially as you get out in the world and you start to kind of flex your entrepreneurial muscles, is that... Uh, circumstances that you'll be in stressful ones will make you do things that you probably wouldn't have done otherwise as far as like networking or trying to find a way you know that's what we talk about you know being entrepreneurs like jumping off a cliff and building a plane on the way down mm-hmm. like it puts you in a position where like i gotta figure this out adapt or die you gotta adapt or die well in college how do you how do you simulate that in college or any other you can't the only way you can do that is in the real world. Mm-hmm. Now, not to say don't go to college. What I'm saying is you, there's a lot of skills that you can learn in college, but you're, I know you roll your eyes and I'm, 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 I'm on the fence, right? I'm going talk yeah. that, but I mean, I was a horrible student. So, I mean, I'm really not speaking from personal sure. knowledge. Um, I think there are some things you can learn, but the ultimate lesson is when you jump off that cliff, that, right. that's when you have to figure it out. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I don't have any experience doing that, but I can just tell. And listening to other people, that's what they all say. And I personally am also not a fan of college. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> but if your folks tell you you need to go, then yeah. listen to your parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave it at that's that. That's going to be our yeah. official statement. That's exactly right. All right. So can you guys take me through some of your highs and some of your lows for your journey? Hmm. Why am I always going first? Like, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can, I can, I can do, go this one. Okay. This is pretty easy. Some of the highs are private planes, penthouses, <laughs> parties, you know, um, being able to give, whether that's tithe uh, at church or to someone in need, money that like is life changing. Yeah. That's the best feeling in the entire world. Yeah, or just give experience back, like things you've learned along the ways, and then you have young people that do this podcast yeah. is a high because I've got yep. you know a junior. It's giving back. Yeah, it, you know, it we, is. It's giving back. You know, we hope that we hope that there's one thing we say, or maybe multiple, but at least one thing that we say that sticks in your brain that ten years from now mm-hmm. you're out doing your thing, you'd be like, I remember what those guys said. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some of the lows. I mean. Probably not anything that I'd want to get into on this podcast, but it would be. Uh, it can be mentally taxing. It, it, that's exactly what I'm looking yeah. for. It will exhaust your brain and fatigue your body to the point where you want to give up. Yep. And you just can't. Now, I will say too, and this kind of ties into this point, and Jared's here, he can speak on this really well. You know, when you're when you're young and you want to get in into this, you want to have your own business and you want to do these things. You envision it being the as big as you possibly can make it, right? And what you're going to learn along the ways is there's a balance between uh, time and money. You know, obviously you want those businesses where you don't have to spend time to make money. It just kind of does it on its own. And then, like where Jared's at, you can then spend that time, I mean that money, to create more time. Uh. And that goes back to the whole mental, you know, sometimes if you're grinding it out day after day after day and you got problems and you're doing this and you're trying to figure this thing out and it's not looking good sometimes and it can be hard on you. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be a balance there where, you know, once you kind of get yourself to where, you know, you are getting close to where you want to be, maybe you step back, take a little of that money you may have made, buy yourself some time, mm-hmm. you know, travel, get Fair out. Point. Just, yeah, you got to have a balance there because- thing is this too and he he finds this a lot i find it myself sometimes if you step away for a while you come back stronger and you can get more done versus just grinding out day after day yeah yeah i agree i mean um i feel that way in some things too you know you just take a little break and then you come back even stronger yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and um so another thing i wanted to ask was if you guys could go back in time and do anything different what would it be um, I would have tried more things. Nothing. Nothing. You didn't, wouldn't do a single thing. I different. wouldn't do a single thing different because my outcome would change completely. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm in that boat too. Like I, I am. I feel super blessed to be able to experience things that I've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I look back on my life, if there was some things that I could have done, I think could have helped me along the way, is think bigger. I never, I never think big enough. Still today, I don't think big enough, which is a, is a bad thing. You don't. And then try more things, you know? And I guess there's a, you know, 
one of my downfalls is that I try too many things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could go both ways. Entrepreneurs, entrepreneur, I don't know why I'm having trouble with that word. Entrepreneurship is a numbers game. Like you've heard the phrase, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. It really is a numbers game. Yeah. If you don't go after 50 opportunities, you're not going to find one. If you go after one, it's not going to work. Where are you back at? Yeah. Zero. But um, there's a balance. I wouldn't have changed anything. And I, and I certainly don't spend any time going backwards. Because like, I, I always say, why is youth wasted on the young? Because I don't know any junior in, my, in our class <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was talking like this. Yeah. Well, that's the good thing you have going for you is that you already have a mind around this. That's right. You know, Jared, me and Jared didn't, didn't you know, we had the wrong mindset for the first probably 25, 25 years. 25 years of our life, you know. And then even then, we kind of seen the bigger picture at 25 years old. But we still were working the game for somebody else for years later. We we understood what they were doing and how we were helping. We didn't really kind of move into our own deal until much later on in life. And we're still and we're still learning, but we're still making those plans. You yeah. Know? But we'll you'll you, never stop learning. When you stop learning, you're you're done. Just this thing, man. You got like a ten year head start on us. You've got a whole <laughs> lifetime, and you can do so much in ten years. In ten, you know, when, when you. When you're the age of where we started, you could be, you know, whatever you wanted. Yeah, you could be way ahead of where we are now, potentially. Thank you, Thank you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I tell you what, Mark. Well, let's take a quick break. We got a few more questions from you when we come back, and then uh, we get to, we get to ask Mark some questions. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back with Mark Beatrice. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? Okay, we're back with Mark Beatrice of Wahala High School, class of, what will be your graduating year? 25. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. then. <laughs> That's crazy. 2025. Yeah, it's awesome. That makes man. you feel old, don't it, Kyle? No, I mean, I feel young. Doesn't make me feel old. I mean, it is what it is. Age right. is just a number. Don't ever forget that. Okay, Mark, your show, man. What's the next question? All right. Uh, so what kind of steps do you guys take to stay ahead of your competition? Mm, what competition? Yeah, that's what I, I that's that would be my answer. Um, not that there is no competition or I have no competition in what I do. I just don't care. Yeah, it, it doesn't bother me. I, you know, I it doesn't it just is not on my radar what other people are doing. Yeah. I support what other people are doing, but I never try to, I'm not trying to level up ahead of somebody. I'm in competition. My biggest competitor is myself. And as long as I did better this year than, than myself did last year, and we just keep leveling up, that's the only competition I'm worried about. Yeah, it's yeah. the only bar I'm looking at. Yeah, that doesn't really work for us because we don't have direct competition. We're not running like a, you know, we don't have a, a grocery store or a gas station or where you have competitors on each corner and you're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how you beat them and whatever. We don't necessarily have to do that, um, which is what we like. You know, we kind of pick businesses where they're, you don't have direct competition necessarily. I mean, I guess as far as 
on your end and my end too, you know, in our real estate, you have competition as far as uh, people placing renters in their buildings versus your buildings. Again, I just don't worry about it because my price is going to be higher than theirs. Yeah, I don't worry about it. But I mean, I guess if you had to put a, if you had to kind of say what the competition would be, that would be it. Sure. Um, The market would be my competitor. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you're trying to, yeah, that's that's a good call. You're trying to kind of the economy, feel the market, see not, where it's going. Not so much another company. Not I, I, I could care less what people think about what we're doing. I, yeah. I really could. You know, as long we know that we're leaving it better than we found it, and that's just the path. And let's just keep trying. Yeah. On that. Now there's a saying in business that I really like. It goes, "Don't compete, dominate," or something like that. Yeah. Like don't try to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not trying to compete. You want to dominate. If you're just trying to compete, then you're just staying right there with those folks. You keep raising the bar. Everybody else behind you will, will try to climb up your ladder, your, yeah. own, your own success, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is great. I mean, um, competition breeds revenue. Like, that's proven. That's uh, if you've got five people buying real estate in the same town and everybody's trying to get the building up and, like, that just it, – it pumps you up, but it's not something we pay attention to or put any measurables behind. Yeah. What was the question again? It was just, um, what steps do you take to get ahead of your competition? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think one of those, I think what could apply to that too is like, you know, you, especially for what we do, you want to know, it's about knowing people. It's about shaking hands. And those people are technically your competitors. So just having an ear to the ground on what's going on is a good way to stay ahead mm-hmm. of your quote unquote competition. Mm-hmm. Okay. You kind of see what's going on in the town. You can see. Mm -hmm. So um, my next question would be, how has you guys' life changed since hopping into this entrepreneurship journey? I got gray hair. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but we would have gray hair if we just worked in a plant for the last 25 years. Oh, I'd I'd be bald if I had to work (laughs) in a plant in the last 25 years. I mean, no matter what we did, if you were still working at, at the forklift place or sure you know whatever sure how how has our life changed since becoming an entrepreneur um i think my mindset 100 percent has changed the most i can't be yep. hired i can't be fired we don't really care what you know the gossip or talk is um and thick i've developed a lot thicker skin than i had just yep. working for somebody else Thick skin's easy to develop, though, when you have a couple wins under your belt. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that. Like, once you kind of have a couple wins, it doesn't matter what everybody else says because you, know you know what you can do. Yeah, most people would say, oh, I got more money. I got, more, I got a fancy car in the parking lot. And it's just like that. We don't, I don't, I don't measure by what's in the bank. Yeah. Money's not my motivator. Uh, it takes money to do anything. So it's important, but it's not what, we, what I measure by. Um, so I don't really use it to say yep. it's life changing. Yeah. For me, I think it's, um, purpose. I think one of the things that's really changed the way I think about life in general, whatever, is that it's opened up my eyes to having a purpose. Um, you know, I like to play this game, but I also feel like there's a purpose. There's a purpose for me on this planet. And that's maybe to try to inspire others in some form or fashion, whether that's entrepreneurial or, or, you know, fabrication or whatever it is. Like, I just want to touch somebody in, in a little bit of a way where they then go on and, you know, we talk about waves, make their own waves. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, 
what is you guys's perspective on the future? Where are you guys looking to go as far as this, as far as life goes? Me and we go first. Sorry. I mean, like I said earlier, I really want to move into the to more real estate heavy. So, you know, I can't be a YouTuber forever. You know, nobody wants to watch an old guy on YouTube. And uh and like, you know, I guess I could start like a cooking show or something. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I mean my, my goals right now are to move into real estate and have that be my full full gig full time gig. Um, you know, next ten years, maybe ten properties and I'll be you know, I'll be good. Future plans as an entrepreneur. That's a great question. I've never been asked that question. You know, <laughs> just what's, get, what's next? Just uh, get through tomorrow. Yeah, uh, to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, again, I'm wired a little bit different, yep. Mark. So it's not to put a Ferrari in the garage. It's, <clears throat> it's not what my future, what I think about what I think my future. Um, I think the older we get, uh, whether entrepreneur or not, we start to question our legacy or our mortality and figure out, you really figure out what's important. If the average American lives to 75, you know, and I'm 20, and you really start living your life at 25, then you've only got like 50 summers in your life, 50 summers. And I'm just like, hmm, I think for the future of me is trading money for time. Yeah. Now, I will say, too, me and Jared are a little bit different than most. You know, that question, I think, is geared more towards somebody who has a business and they want to, you know, they want to grow it and they want to move, they want to open a location and whatever. Me and Jared are very much uh, looking for opportunity. So we don't have specific plans necessarily. You know, if you'd asked us a year ago what we'd be doing today, we would have never predicted it because we were just open to opportunity. Mm-hmm. And like what you got going on in town here, like mm-hmm. you didn't know that was going to, that opportunity was going to come along. That's right. And so... I think that's what we do is we're constantly looking for new opportunity. We don't know what that is and we don't care that we don't know what it is. We don't try to plan for it. We just make sure that we're open to it. And then when it comes, we figure it out. Yeah. What what kind of opportunities excite you guys? The big ones. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I would, I'll agree with that in a different reason you'll, you'll, you said that. Yeah. But I like big opportunities. I had a, a really good friend of mine, Adam, tell me one day, was looking at this deal and it was 14 million dollars and i'm just freaking out yeah exactly that same face <laughs> i made what the heck dude <laughs> and so i go to adam as i usually do sometimes for advice and uh, he said dude i don't care if it if it's 1400 or 14 million at the end of the day it's commas and decimals if the numbers work they go work. for it yeah it's, it, and it, it is true because you know if, if it was it's 14,000 yeah, the the excitement though about that opportunity is it's the process. It's a lot of moving parts to make it work. It involves a lot of relationships we've built our whole lives. So, I mean, relationships are everything. Yeah. You cannot you cannot be an entrepreneur without solid quality relationships. But the excitement comes in structuring the deal. After the deal's done, I am the most bored dude on the planet. I can't stand that part. It's like everything I've done, it's like, man, that's awesome. Hey, how you doing? Okay, what's next? Yeah. I did that one. That was great. Yep. And I'm like, I'm a dopamine addict, right? So you kind of live off that rush. And so once you get one done, it's like, let's look for another one. The worst thing that I can do for myself is take two years off. Yeah. 
because I, I, I'm spiked here and I start going down. It's like, Makes I don't want to do another deal right now. I've got, this is only my 24th summer left, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, and I and switch uh, money for time. But the, the process of structuring the deal and putting people together will always be the biggest excitement for me. Yeah. Your, yours may be totally different. No, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it's the creative side. It's the mm-hmm. creating the deal, creating the, whatever the vision, creating, you know, whatever it is you, we want to be creating something new. We want to be working on something new. I'm very much that guy. Uh, so much so that I'm, I have to sometimes keep from looking because then I get myself tied up in something that I don't need to be in right this minute. I need to be focused on, you know, some other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I can't even look because I know how I am. Yeah. I get myself fired up and I'll be in another. Window shopping for entrepreneurs is way different than walking down a sidewalk yeah. and looking in stores because it, it, at least you our version. see what's possible. And then you may want to get in that space. You may not, but that, yeah. you know, you window shop to the what ifs and you can what if yourself to death. Yeah. Now I will tell you this. I, I think Jared's the same way. We try to, we try to find those opportunities that, um, have, you know, decent upside and kind of limit the amount of time we have to spend in them. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. It's maybe not the best thing for me, you're the same way. Like you don't want to be running a business, you know? No. Yeah. So, no. um, you know, there's so many levels of entrepreneurship. Like you, you know, you can start your own business and be working in that thing every day. You know, you could be like David said with the, with the pizza restaurant, mm-hmm. like he's an entrepreneur, but he was in there seven days a week. Janitor to manager. Janitor to manager. So there's that level too. We don't want that. Like we have no interest in that. That's right. And, you know, we, we're looking for the opportunities that um, aren't that. So, I mean, there's different levels. For us in particular, I would guess that would be it. Yeah, so it sounds like you guys love this stuff. Do you see yourself doing this for forever? Oh, oh for sure. yeah, I'm not yeah. going back. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going back. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, uh, once you're an entrepreneur, you will all, once, you, once it clicks, you will never see yourself as anything different. Yeah. You may have a long period of no wins under your belt, but you're still an entrepreneur. You may go to work for somebody to get you out of the hole uh, from mistakes you've made as an entrepreneur, but you're still an entrepreneur. You yeah. know, you'll quit them as soon as you level back up yeah. and you get back, wired back in for the next deal. Whatever that deal is or whatever company you create or purchase. But uh, once, you're, once you're an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. And I will say this, not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur. No. And even the ones that think they're entrepreneurs, they may not be. Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you don't want to work for somebody. No, and a lot. The other side of that coin is a lot of people are very comfortable. I've got people making way more than me working for somebody else, but they get to go home to their family and not have to worry about the stress of paying for their corporate office, the airplanes, the fleet of vehicles, whatever. That's up to the entrepreneur who started the company. Yeah. So there's a security blanket in the other side that's not entrepreneurship that is very appealing to most of the world. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because without those people, we couldn't be entrepreneurs. Yeah. So the two lives are threaded together, whether we want to think so or not. As an entrepreneur, we get to create jobs for the people who want a, a, a safe place or a security blanket. Yeah. Some people make way better number twos than they would ever 100%. make a number one. Yep. That's, that's great. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Um, and you guys have obviously been speaking a lot about entrepreneurship and uh, I'm here. I'm a junior. I'm 16. What kind of advice would you guys give to a young entrepreneur? Uh, my number one piece of advice would be hang around those folks that you want to be like. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn the most. You know, you're going to level yourself up. You're going to, you know, you are who you hang around. So if you're hanging around, and I mean, you know, I don't know what kind of friends you're hanging around, whatever. But show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yeah, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And the thing that's tough for you right now is there may be very few that think like you. So it's hard to like hang around, you know, but I would get, I'd get, you know, there's groups, young entrepreneur mm-hmm. groups you can get a hold of. You can, mm-hmm. you know, you just need to start hanging around those folks that you want to be like. And, and it just happens naturally when you hang around them enough. Yeah. Um, yes. To everything Kyle said. And um, stop watching reels on the couch and get up and put your feet on the ground and go do the work. Yeah. It's easy for us to get caught up in this, this game yeah. of fake reality uh, and not putting in the work going, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. And two hours later, you're still scrolling through reels thinking you're gaining value when you're really leaving time on the table. Yeah, don't overanalyze. And relationships. Never underestimate the importance of a handshake and the relationships that that may build. And don't talk trash. Like, go do your thing, build your network, and just keep your eye on the goalpost. Yep. One other thing, one little, I mean, those are the best, two best, I think. One little other caveat to that would be analysis paralysis. Don't overanalyze. Like at some point you got to have faith in the fact that you know what you're doing. Now it's time to just go do it. And you're going to fail. Yeah. You're you were going to fail. Gonna fa- you are going to fail. Don't be afraid. A couple times before you win. Don't be afraid to fail. And don't let that discourage you. Some people, they don't call it failure. They call it a learning experience. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It didn't work for a reason. Why didn't it work? Yeah. Thank you guys very much for the advice. No problem. Yeah, I hope, hope, see, what I hope is you could go back and listen to this episode over, like 10 years. I need to listen to the episode again. Yeah. Pick up those little points. Because everything we've talked about on this episode, they're basic rules. They won't change. Yeah. Regardless of technology, regardless of economy, the basic principles will always stay the same. I think you need to refocus, though. I do this all the time. Like, I get so wound up in my life and my world and what I'm doing, and sometimes I just have to come back to, like, some kind of grounding and be like, dude, you know what you're doing. You know how to do this. Just go do it. Like, why are you overthinking this? Or why are you, you know, whatever the case may be. Sometimes you just got to get back to the basically the rules that we just, the, yeah. the basics that we just said. What else you got, Mr. Mark? Uh, those were all my questions. Great. Now it's our turn. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, tell me about the, so when we were in Wahala at, whatever year we were as junior in, there was no entrepreneurship class. There was no curriculum for that. It didn't exist. Um, Tell us a little bit about your, the class that you're in. Is there only one available for, for people like you in public school? Yeah. So there is only one entrepreneurship class. I believe there's like a marketing course and uh, personal finance, but entrepreneurship, there's only like one class once a day. At Walla. Okay. And there's a personal finance class? Yeah, there's a personal <sighs> finance class. It's the same person. It's Miss Welch. Sure. It's, she does um, 
She does both of them. I'm so glad to It's awesome. That. We graduated not knowing where to pay taxes or how to balance a checkbook. You know, it's like nobody taught us that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. And um, it's required for freshmen now, I believe, to either take entrepreneurship or personal finance. Yeah, I mean, you know, financial literacy is important. Very important. And I still, my thing is, I don't know. I haven't taken the class, so I don't know. But I have a feeling that they, they teach you more of how to do the, what was the guy we were talking about earlier? Robert, uh, uh, Dave Ramsey. They, they teach you the Dave Ramsey version of financial literacy. Not, I don't know. Not the uh, Grant Cardone version of financial literacy. Because <laughs> if we taught that in public, if we taught that in public school, there would be no need to go to college. <laughs> yeah. Well, not everybody can do that. So I get that. Yeah. 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 Nobody has the discipline to do the, the you know, I get it. Leveraged. So you're taking the class. You're here on assignment to interview us. Are you yourself wanting to be an entrepreneur? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and why? Uh, there's so many reasons why. And I was telling you guys earlier that I really do just, I think I love the process. I mean, I just, I have loved this. I've always wanted to be this. And, you know, just all of it is very exciting. It sounds, you know, how you guys call it, it's like a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it. I like start research this stuff for fun. I love it. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> How old were you when you figured that out? I mean, <laughs> ever since I was little, I never wanted like a like a normal job. I was like, oh, I want to be a YouTuber, or oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. I always wanted to do a whole bunch of different things, but it was never work for anybody else, and that's the end goal. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. What'd you listen to on your way here, music wise? What What were you listening to? <laughs> I was listening to, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Uh, I know Kendrick Lamar is. I don't know the song necessarily. I don't know oh, did he do the Super Bowl with Eminem and 50 Cent? Uh, I don't think so. Not sure. I don't know. I, no, I, <laughs> no, but like, okay. That kind of lets me know where you're at <laughs> here. That's good. Okay. So are no plans for college or you want to be starting your own business after you graduate? If my parents are listening... Then I am going to college. That's but. exactly right. <laughs> yes, mom. Yes, dad. Mark is going to college. But really, you, you don't uh, want to. No, okay. I don't. I absolutely don't want to. I told him he's got a year to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate the idea. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I feel like going to school feels like working for a boss and not getting paid. I, I don't like it. Yeah. I understand not, that. Not only that, you got to pay them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if, if you can scholarship into college and just be very creative on your curriculum, like... Take a finance class, yeah. or uh, get your you know business degree. I w- that'll that that'll certainly help you. It won't hurt you. Yeah. Well, I will say this too. Worse, like if you have to go to you know having to go to college or, or whatnot. One of the things that's great about college is that you can still network, mm-hmm. and and so you take like what he says a business class or whatever. What you learn in that business class is going to be great for you. But what's going to be better is there going to be other people in that business class that you can network with that are then going to go on and do big things themselves. And guess what? Or you start something in college. I mean, can I cool or can yes, so many, is. so many, so many yeah. huge businesses start from college roommates mm-hmm. doing something together. You just find somebody that's like-minded. Y'all start throwing ideas around. Next thing you know, you got something going on. Yeah. And I would encourage you to get out of, of the city limits for a while, right? Get out of Wahala for a minute and just expand your territory a little bit. Trust God, trust the process and, and go after it. You know, that, that's that's the safest play. Yeah. Absolutely. And um I like I just have to agree with what you guys said about 
you get the experience in the real world. College can't teach you real world experience. And I just feel like these four years spent outside the real world would give me that much more of a head start because all these guys are going to be in debt mm-hmm. and me on the other hand. But, you know, obviously my parents don't see it the same yeah. way. So it's a, it's a tough sell on the parents. I get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't have kids of my own because I, I don't know what I'd, I'd probably be like, you don't need high school. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can start really early. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been fun, Mark. Thanks for uh, inviting us on your co-host <laughs> podcast. So anything else before we wrap up? I'm good. Um, I just have to say thank you guys so much. Yes, sir. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to have us on your podcast, Mark. <laughs> guys, uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya.